Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and our series, The Life. And this is program number 47 on that series, and it's actually kind of an introduction to the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Um and so we're going to get going on that here shortly. But uh, before we get going, I just kind of wanted to give a shout out to uh, some of our sponsors again, like Roblin Contracting and Mr. Bob Chomi over there and and the whole team over there. And I just want to thank them and, and Family Mechanical Services and Mr. Mike Hodge over there and just in all of you people that have supported us out through the years. Uh, just wanted to say thank you once again and uh, Susan, you've been sending a few books out lately, we've haven't been, you? We've been sending a lot of resources out. I didn't show you the picture of what I went what went out today, but um, I think I sent out ten packages, and they were all for back east because we just started some new stations, mm-hmm. and um, our very first program is airing and that program was on addiction and it kind of went over our our ser- our first series our first series yeah. right, and so it went over our. Um, our testimonies and just how um, God had restored us, you know, from mm-hmm. a life of drug addiction and things like that. And so it seems to be making a bit of an impact. So I'm really thankful for that. So if you do um, want to hear some additional programs from us, you can go on to our website at www.justasiamministries.com. And we have additional, all of our radio programs are listed there, so you can listen to those. You can request any of our resources, send a prayer request, um, find out how to get in contact with us, and it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. You know, and I also was listening to the intro song, Do I Do I Love My Neighbor? Because oh, we're going to be yes. talking about that. That was actually this Good Samaritan um so, story was my inspiration for that song. And so why but why why did the particular what because there's some interesting uh phrases that you use in the song uh-huh. and so why how did that come about the well, song itself? Because that that que- that was one question that I could not answer myself. You know, did I did I go to church today? Yes. Right. Did I uh, preach for a half hour? Yes. Did I this? Did I that? Do I love my neighbor? Right. Oh, wait a minute. And that's where it, it hit home to me, and that was the inspiration for the song. And as we get into this, uh, th- the ins and outs of the precursor, in other words, the lead-in to the story of the Good Samaritan and why Jesus even told it— um, Kind it's, of addresses it those addresses things. those issues and and those you know I'm 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 walking along one day and God says good job Rich I got a question for you 
Do you love your neighbor? Right. And so how many of us kind of get stuck in that cycle of um, making sure that we do have that checklist all checked off and we do what we believe that God's requiring us to do, but the very basic things we totally forget about and we can get into um, a complacency in our experience with God and our um, our fellow man and we kind of can um, you know lose out in the joy and the experience that God is truly desiring us yeah, to have. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to pray before yes, we get started? Let's do idea. that first. Lord, we just thank you for um, the opportunity uh, to look at your word and, and to see the story about the Good Samaritan and all the lessons you're trying to show us and and not just lessons, but uh, the reasons why things are the way they are and why we are the way we are and how uh, you'd like to destroy us from the inside, to restore us from the inside out. And the principles that you taught um, are those things that will help us to have that rebirth. And so we're just thankful for the opportunity to talk about it. And please be with us and send your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know what you said in the prayer is almost true too. Destroy. There's something that does have to <laughs> yes, be destroyed. Yes, I know. I was like, yeah, the I mean, old man. Yeah, needs that to be old destroyed. man. And, and some, you know, I heard a preacher one time give a, a, a said a little metaphor, and it was, and it just every time I think of this, it kind of makes me laugh. And I think we probably talked about it years ago, but. He gives the image of, of of putting that old man, you know, the old man that Paul talks about mm-hmm. that rears his ugly head every once in a while and wants his way. You know, maybe it's not really the old man. Maybe it's the five-year-old boy inside of me. What, Whoever it is or whatever it is wants what he wants, wants and he wants it now. Wants to run the show, right. Yeah, and he he shouldn't have the, the loudest voice in the committee in my head. So... So, you know, we see this image of, of putting that old man in that coffin and reckoning him. Remember, Paul says, reckon him dead, mm-hmm. right? Okay, he's dead. He's put in a coffin. And every morning I get up and I talk to God. And when I'm talking to God, I'm throwing another nail in that coffin. And I go around there and I, I smile at my wife and hug her. And there goes another nail in that coffin. And then I text back to, to Ronnie Wyatt. I text back to him in the morning, you know, as he's sending me all of these uplifting quotes that he's getting out of the Bible. And, and I send back to him and he says, may blessings be upon your house and your family. And, and I say, yes, and may the angels dwell with your household today. And there goes another nail in that coffin you know and we're keeping that keeping that old man in that coffin right and then every once in a while you get on the road I get on the road <laughs> and somebody pulls in front of me and I pry the lid open on that coffin and I slip that old man a sandwich and keep him alive and 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 it happens you know it's just what creeps we do, it you. creeps up yeah. on you, and I feed that old man every once in a while just enough to keep him alive. When in reality, that's throwing those nails in the top of that coffin and keep that old man in there and reckon him dead. Right. And and as we go along through life, it becomes easier and easier to keep that old man in that coffin. Right, because our goal and God's goal for us is to have that old man turn to dust. Yeah, we want it. We want to. Yeah. If yeah, if somebody ever looks lifts the lid on that coffin it's not going to be a hairy hand coming out it's going to be just dust in there that old man is dead that's right right and paul he talks about that struggle in romans chapter 7 doesn't he when he says the good that i want to do that i don't do and that what i don't want to do that's what i do but thank god in romans 8 there's no condemnation 
in Christ Jesus right. because he knows the struggle and all he wants to do is make us well. He mm-hmm. wants to heal us from that. So let's talk a little bit about the Good Samaritan and, and what happened just before that. We're talking about, you know, in Luke 10, verses 25 through 37, in the story of the Good Samaritan, God is illustrating the nature of true religion. He shows that it doesn't consist in systems and creeds and rites, but in the performance of loving deeds, in bringing the greatest good to others, in genuine goodness. And James describes true religion also, in, you know, in taking care of people. That's true religion, in giving, in taking care of people, mm-hmm. in making the world a better place in whatever capacity you have to do that. Right. And that's true religion mm-hmm. at its core. And that's what he's addressing. And that's why Jesus ends up going to the Good Samaritan story. It gets brought up here as Jesus is uh, is amongst the people. Right, because uh, as Jesus was teaching, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? With anticipation, the large congregation waited for the answer. The priest and the rabbis had tried to ensnare Jesus by having the lawyer ask that question. And do you think Jesus knew that? Yes. Oh, yeah. He He knows when he's being set up, so Mm -hmm. he doesn't argue. Right. In fact, he asks the questioner himself, what is written in the law? How readest thou? In other words, Jesus starts to set the agenda. Remember, he who asks the questions sets the agenda. Mm-hmm. Now, you said something a little bit different. We phrased it a little bit different as we were reviewing our notes, and that is he who asked the question in, a, in the case of God right. is leading us, Will, where we need to go for healing, maybe? Right. It's shining a light in a different in, area for us to right. investigate. You think about it. Adam, where are you? Right. Have you eaten from the tree? And he's and he's extracting right. he w- something. He was trying to draw Adam out of his fear to say, what is going on yeah, inside yeah, your head? Yeah, what happened? Yeah, where are you spiritually right, right. now? Because you're definitely, you're running from me, you're hiding, you're naked. Why do you feel naked? Right. So God is setting the agenda and leading Adam where he needs him to go. Remember Paul? Paul, why are you persecuting me? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know. You're having trouble with your conscience, aren't you, Paul? So isn't it interesting that many times when... Um, when that can happen in our lives, whether it be from someone in authority or whether God, you know, has their circumstances that cause us to think of those higher thoughts, that it can seem intimidating or it can see it can seem um, judgmental. Oh yeah, being I led think. in that direction right. is tough. Yeah, it's a painful process to to kind of you know examine your motives or to examine what's what's causing you to do certain things when you've never examined it before. Right, and that's why we talked just briefly earlier about the inspiration for the, the opening song here is you're driving along and, you, and you're on a pink cloud and then all of a sudden out of nowhere somebody asks you if you love your neighbor. Right. And that's the setting for this mm-hmm. whole thing. And you're going, you know what, if I, if, okay, if, if I want to judge myself on my intentions, I could say, yes, I love my neighbor. But if I look at my deeds, right. they're not that fruitful. Right. And so in the deeds, too, I think that's an interesting term. It's like, so you, I think that 
Jesus, that God is saying it's the actions that proceed out of your heart sure. <laughs> for the goodness of somebody else that makes a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we can do deeds mm-hmm. and not have a heart of love behind oh, it. Yeah, You're doing very, deeds to do deeds, Very right? laborious and, and uh, yeah, royal pain. And you do them for, so that you get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And, then that, and once again, then you ask yourself, do I love my neighbor? Right. And it's a uh, Hard question to answer right. when the rubber meets the road. When crisis times come comes, will I put somebody else's better good in front of mine? And I can't answer that question. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't answer that. It's a very hard question. <clears throat> and so, once again, we see God here, Jesus, not arguing with, but asking the question to the lawyer. Right, and the lawyer said, "You should." And the lawyer said, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all thy soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, You have answered correctly. This do and you will live. That's interesting phrase. This do and you shall live. In other words, if he loves God and loves his neighbor, will that heal him? Yes. Yes. See, it will change him, and that old man will die, and he will become a new person. He will be healed. This is design law in action. It's just the way things are. If you give, you live. Mm -hmm. It's just like someone drowning in 10 feet of water and deciding to breathe down there, totally ignoring design law, the Mm -hmm. law of respiration. Mm -hmm. The only way you can restore that person from drowning is to get them out of the 10 feet of water and have them breathe oxygen right. and restore them back into the law of respiration. Right. It's just like the marriage vows, right? We just celebrated our 24th. Twenty. Oh, you got that right. I got that right. Our 24th <laughs> wedding anniversary, which was fantastic. And there's only one way that 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 you can truly have a good and happy marriage is if you think of, of your spouse and do things for them besides for yourself. Because what do you always say when we were at the prison? If you were to do something on the way home every day from work? If uh, It's been a long time since you've told that story. If you were Oh, to- if I was to pull into a, a, a girly bar or something like that on the way home from work, I would be ignoring design law. Right. Right? Right. And I would be breaking trust with my wife. And that is that would be totally a total violation of the law of marriage, the design law of how of mutual respect and dignity towards one another. And when I got home, would I be able to look you in the eye? No. No. Not because you had changed, but it would change me. So if I'm selfish on the way home, it will change me mm-hmm. to where it would drive a wedge in our marriage. I would everything that you asked me about my ride home, I would, I would determine was an accusation. Then mm-hmm. I would be uh, standoffish. I would, you know what I'm saying? Right. It would just because I would be violating. That law, and that not law. violating it, ignoring it. Ignoring it, and, and ignoring the law of trust. And so that's interesting, because while you were talking about it, it's always you that says that if you were to do something to break my trust, but what if I was to do something to break your trust? What if I was to go out and buy a bunch of, of things 
on a credit card and run up our have you done our that? bills and no have, have you done that no why would you are, ask are you, are you asking for <laughs> permission right, right here on the air you're asking <laughs> no. for permission no. you know and and to break your trust as far as you know overextending our credit or overextending mm-hmm. our expenses in a way to please myself, uh-huh. it's the same way. It's so betrayal. I, it's betrayal. It's it's it, it's t- and that's what adultery trust. is. Adultery right. is betrayal. Right. It's breach of trust. Right. That's why Adam committed spiritual adultery in the garden. Right. He betrayed God. Then not only did he betray God, but then he betrayed Eve because he said, "The woman that you gave me," and so he w- he wanted to deflect because he was the one who he had he had knowingly breached God's trust mm-hmm. and turned somebody else in for it. Right. It's kind of weird. It's like Satan's the only one that he didn't do anything wrong to. Out of what the do you whole mean? cast oh, of characters, one, yeah. The, the one that he didn't... Well, then Eve said this serpent beguiled yeah. me. So <laughs> Satan got thrown in the blame game too. Right. But yeah, this is... And this is... Uh, this is, of course, what we inherited there is to to do we, to do something wrong, separate ourselves from God, and then start blaming people. Right. Right. And so that's it. So that's the way design law is. And so Jesus says, if you do these things, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, then you shall live. You will change yourself into someone um, that would enjoy being around God. Right. Right. Instead of running from God. So the lawyer, he he wasn't all in with the Pharisees. He'd been studying the scriptures with a a genuine desire to learn their real meaning. And we can kind of tell because he asks in sincerity, what shall I do? Now, in his answer to the requirements of the law, he flew right over all the encrusted things that we all add to what God expects from us. And we all add them. We, We add different things that God doesn't expect, but we make the list long, maybe to make ourselves feel better. But he presented the two great principles on which hang the law and the prophets. The entire Old Testament, in other words, is based on those Ten Commandments and everything else. And all it is is don't take. If you go through the last six commandments, it's very very obvious. Don't take your father and mother's reputation. Don't take someone's life right? Don't take their reputation. Don't take their stuff. Don't take their wife. Don't even think about taking. You know, all of it's just don't take, don't take, don't take, because that's what we are. We're takers. Mm -hmm. We we are afraid for ourselves, and so we want to take at the expense of others. So, So in this answer, by loving your neighbor and loving God, you're no longer a taker. That problem gets solved. It gets solved. It's a healing message. Mm-hmm. It's a message of, of of sacrifice. And we saw Jesus as he came, not only on the cross, but just a constant attitude of sacrifice. You don't think it, it wasn't a sacrifice to go touch a leper in front of a bunch of angry priests? Mm -hmm. You don't think it wasn't a sacrifice to talk to a Samaritan woman at the well with all your disciples there wondering what on earth you're doing? 
you know, all these things that he did. Well, and I th- and I think that's what it was. His sacrifice was his his loving service, Constant. right? To and to go against no matter what was going on, whatever the social norm him, was, right? didn't matter. Yeah, he didn't matter the ridicule or the the um, the talk that was going to be going on behind his back or the accusations. He was here to. Um, demonstrate what the father would do if the father was here. Yep, and he saw that big picture that that this temporal gain that everybody, you know, and I, I kind of, on the freeway today, I was kind of like, this freeway is a metaphor. As you look, everyone is in the lane that is going to get them the best. Get them there and, the fastest and, 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 and the then when safest. they want to, when they want to go around some, they're going to move into a lane that's going to do them better. And everybody's on their way somewhere. They've mm-hmm. got their own agenda, agenda, and mm-hmm. that freeway is their mechanism to get there. Mm-hmm. And and they're going to go into the lane that serves them the best. Mm-hmm. And very seldom do we go into the lane that serves someone else the best. Right. You know, the guy that is in a hurry and you can tell behind you, then we don't, a lot of times we don't say, well, he's really in a hurry. I'm going to move out of his way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do. Yeah. And that is the proper attitude, you know, because we have no idea why someone else might be in a hurry right. other than they are in a hurry. Okay, right. well, then I'll, I'll get in the lane that serves him the best. Right. And I think that it's those it's those little it's those small principles and those small actions and the small understanding of what we can understand in our own lives that makes a difference. You know what I mean? It's not the it is every you know it is the big things, but it's also the small. It things. starts at the small things. Right. And and Jesus did say, if you can't be faithful in the small things, God's not going to give you the big things. Right. You know, and this is what. It's good about the Christian walk, but it's also very frustrating is I fail at a lot of really small things. Mm, You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that do that you notice that, man, it's these little simple things and I fail at them. And then, of course, the whole cycle starts that, you know, the the prayer of, of, you know, to God about God, how rotten I am and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you pray that way, but sometimes I can get into a real cycle if I if I if I really get the 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 proper light out I don't know if it's called the proper light maybe it's not because but um we can fall into that of of putting the microscope on ourselves and that can sometimes is not healthy right that trap can be because it's our own microscope right it's our own microscope yeah because if we look at the if if we look at ourselves through the eyes of god even though we have something that needs to be changed or needs to be corrected god always does it in a loving way he's not gonna browbeat us into submission He's somebody, he's like the leader, right? You can either be a pusher as a leader or you can be a someone that draws people. And that's, I think, um, you know, how we can tell where is that voice coming from? Is it from my own head or from, you know, right. the darkness? Or is it from the, um, the God of the universe that knows that we struggle and is trying to draw us out into a better light? Yeah, and you know, and and I I really like what you said there. You know, I had my hip replaced three years ago, Yay. and we went to the doctor, and and what what I had to do through that whole thing was not trust myself, was trust the doctor. Yes, do everything the doctor said. Yes, you know, and we did, and everything came out right. And now I had my three year examination, and it's not worn, and it's not loose, and it's and it's everything is good, but the main thing for me was 
and and I see it is in the last three years, I've been so worried about something going wrong. Ooh, I felt a little pain there. Ooh, this, ooh, that. And I've been examining myself so much that I got really worried about rather than just the doctor said, come back in three years. He's going to take an x-ray. He's going to tell me, you know, what's going on. So I trust the doc. I have to trust the doctor. And the same thing is with the great physician. We trust Jesus that he's going to move us along. Sometimes this incredibly slow seeming path that we're on of healing. But we trust the doctor. Absolutely. Don't trust ourselves. I trusted myself way too long. Right. And know you did too. Yes. Um, looks like we're going to have to wrap it up already. Remember, Susan said, go to www.justasiamministries.com. There's resources there. There's radio programs. If you need resources, books, she'll ship them out to you. Um, just uh, go right there to our website. And we'll get the resources to you. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do you love them? Can I feel his pain and his Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.